Hi everybody, welcome to Long Term Memory. As always, it's me, Jack, but Colin is not here. He's in his sick bed. He's not feeling particularly well at all. So I uh, hope you get better, big man. I don't even know if you, you'll listen to this back, but uh, joining me is an our friend, um, host of that UFO podcast, and it's Andy. Andy, how are you, mate? I'm good, and if you just add in there, Patreon of Wrong Term Memory as well, of course. Oh yeah, uh, patreon.com forward slash wrong term memory, yes, thank you mate. Yeah, so Andy uh, obviously hosts that UFO podcast, um, it's came on so much the last couple of years when we started speaking mate, you were getting, we're going to say your numbers, but your numbers have exploded and it's really successful and stuff like that. Are you still enjoying it as much as you were from day one? Aye, cheers. Um, success is relative, isn't it? Aye, but it, I'm, I'm never going to complain. Aye, it's it's a lot of work and it's a lot, I think it's a lot harder work than it was. I think, right. you know that initial buzz and excitement you get when you start it and it's going all right and everything, maybe maybe that dies down a wee bit and then it becomes like, oh, it becomes serious and it gets bigger and all that kind of stuff. And aye, it's, I, I still enjoy it. And I think there's been times I've had to take a wee mini no, people have never noticed i took a break from it because of the regularity i put stuff out but um there's been times where i've i've took a week in a back seat from it for a for a week just to rest and kind of recuperate because i still do my full-time job but i still work you know i've got 45 wins and uh, <laughs> <laughs> i follow a certain a certain football team that's um, been destroying my life the last couple of years as you'll know as well so mm-hmm. um i it's it's it keeps us very 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 busy but i, I kind of complain and through it, I met folk like you and Colin and that as well. So, yeah, every cloud, mate, every cloud. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, I can totally understand that. When it just, it, like when I thought, I think when everybody started podcasting, it was like a new hobby. It was something mm-hmm. you really, really enjoyed. And don't get me wrong, I still enjoy it, but it can feel like a bit like a job sometimes. Aye. Like I'm the same. I'm still working full time, uh, doing the heart and hand stuff, doing this, doing another job. You know, just trying to keep the rules to the door. But we're not here to speak about what we do for jobs and shit like that. Maybe we're here to speak about basically you were on about I think it was about a year ago, maybe longer than that, um, to discuss UFOs or UAP. What do you prefer? What's the Oh mate, I thought it was a BDSM this week after last week's show, sorry. (laughs) Yeah, that show was that show went down really well. Uh, out of this world, you could say. So, I, I enjoyed it, by the way. I, I was a big fan of that one. I thought you and Colin handled it very professionally, and I do not believe Colin did not book up with us straight away after. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> it. I sidetrack you too much, but aye, that was a good one, mate. He's not here to defend himself, but yeah, McGarry was great. Um, good fun. And we're like, still giggled like little boys at some points, but it's just so far out of my comfort zone that Hear me, it's, I listened to it with the wife. To. We were in the car and uh, we were vibing <laughs> about that day, and I had the, my wife loved it as well. So, um, if Colin had been on the night, I doubt my Patreon, uh, but there we go. He's, he's not turned up. So, um, but you asked, you asked me who would I prefer the terms at UFO or UAP? Yes, uh, UFO, mate. Like, see, when I started the podcast, I was debating the name of it, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, do you go with like that UAP podcast and be a bit more kind of up to date and modern with the title but do you know what it's ufos people know ufos don't they that's that's as as what it is as what it says in the tin and that's what people search for online so ufo yeah okay so you were on that says maybe about a year ago 18 months ago we were discussing what was going on in the ufo community the ufo world basically we had a bit of debate everybody sort of knows my position is quite the skeptic on it but we're not really going to we're not really going to be having 
well, we'll, we'll wait and see where the conversation takes us, but I don't think we'll be having that back and forth. But I just want to basically catch up with what's been happening in the UFO world because I do know that there's actually quite a few sort of crossover listeners that listen to both this um, and that UFO podcast. So um, they'll be glad that you're on and then hopefully introduce you to some of uh, our other listeners that maybe don't listen to your podcast. So I'm going to start with a listener question, actually. I was going to leave them until then, but I'm going to dive straight in with a listener question from Baloo on Twitter. Um, So, Andy, do you believe that at least some UFOs are extraterrestrial and a follow-up to that, ever had a close encounter? And if yes, <laughs> we'll just leave this one out. Ever been probed? But the, the, the two serious questions there, because I think we did discuss your um, close encounter, let's say, when you were much younger. But you want to tell the listeners about that and do you believe that some UFOs are out of this world? Yeah, the probing was last week for Margara. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, do I believe some UFOs are extraterrestrial? Great question, because some, yes, some of them probably are. And I think an even broader, more general way to put it is a small percentage of UFOs, as in stuff people see in the sky or film or whatever, a small percentage aren't human. That's that's the way I would look at it. Whether that means extraterrestrial, alien phrases like interdimensional um crypto terrestrial all these other weird terrestrials on top of it that just mean not human then yeah i think i think some of them are i think a lot are misidentifications a lot of them are, are other technologies whether it's russian chinese american whatever it might be you know scottish <laughs> but i don't think we're that far far advanced but yeah there's a, there's a small a small percentage are not human. The stuff that people think of when they hear UFO, what they can align those those terms to mean, and um, that's that's what I love about the subject. That's the stuff that excites me. Um, have I had a close encounter? Uh, like technically, not a close encounter, no. But I, I saw. Um, I don't know if I discussed my sighting last time, but you'll have a load of new listeners for then anyway. Um, the I lived in. I can. Uh, I'm on your podcast. People know where I stayed, so I can say the names of the places. I know what I mean. So yeah. I I stayed in Knightswood growing up. Uh, in Glasgow, no far from Partick, for those familiar with the West End. Um, and when you leave Knightswood Community Centre, there's a long road called Alderman Road, and it just runs quite, it's quite a few miles long. Um, and there's a, I was leaving the BB one night, I used to go to the Boys Brigade, and as I looked up the road, it was a kind of winter night, November November time, um, dark night, nine o'clock at night, you know what it's like when you're leaving clubs and all that, that time of year. Quite a clear night, and I was with my mum, my sister, um, my mate and his mum, and we were just crossing the road, and I used to live in the Lincoln Flats, and there's a niche reference for other folks who might be for that area. Looking along towards, there was a, a sports centre, Laurel Park it was called at the time. Um, no way up in the sky, but relatively low down. There was what looked like a kind of Ferris wheel for a carnival, but at a slight angle, so tilted and spinning ridiculously fast. Like if you were, if it was a carnival ride and you were sitting on it, everybody was dead or thrown off it because it was, it was firing in like a washing machine, right? But it was probably... Again, I'm thinking back to something that happened in the mid-90s here, right? So I was like 10-year-old, 9, 10-year-old or something. Uh, so like memory's a bit fuzzy. But it was firing really fast. It was probably 40, 50, 60 feet, something like that. Maybe a little bit more. And mm, let's see, a wee bit of an angle. Firing run. And we all looked at it. And I just remember my mum and uh, my, uh, my mate's mum and Atlet going, oh, that's quite interesting, isn't it? What, what could that be? And that was the general conversation. That was it. There was no camera phones or anything. We didn't stand. We didn't walk towards it. We just walked up the road. Um, and that was it. Uh, wish we'd looked at it longer. Wish we maybe went a bit closer to it. It wasn't that far away. 
it wasn't up in the sky. It was it was low enough you couldn't see the bottom of it for the trees and the houses along the street. Um, and yeah, if there was other folk, and this is a whole maybe other conversation, if other folk were looking at the same point, maybe they couldn't even see what we were looking at for whatever reason. But it it was there. And do you think that's what? Well, it's obviously the lasting effect you can describe it sort of um, pretty clearly there, Andy. Mm. Is that? Do you think that's? Do you think if you hadn't have had that at that age, you might not have been as interested as you are nowadays? Do you think that had a, a lasting impact? Definitely helped to be keeping the interest. I always liked stuff growing up, like mystery stuff, and I was that wee geek in school that would go to the library and get books out in the pyramids and Loch Ness videos, you know, like renting VHS for the cinema and stuff like that. Right. Uh, for the cinema, for the library, sorry. Um, I was always that guy. Uh, I quite liked all that kind of stuff. And always enjoyed mysteries, UFOs, aliens. No ghosts. Ghosts scare me. No a fan of that. Um, but I, I, it probably helped. Um, and then I saw, in December 2019, I saw like a black triangle. Uh, this is like four or five months before I started the podcast, a few months before COVID. Uh, I think COVID was just kicking off in China at the time and nobody really knew anything about it. And I was driving home for work. I live in the northeast of England now, Northumberland, just outside Newcastle. And uh, driving home, if you want me to get into it, mate, I, there was two wee points of light in the sky. I live near an airport, by the way, so I'm I'm used to seeing airplanes and all that kind of stuff. And I didn't jump to, oh, there's a fucking UFO in the sky, right? It was just, oh, there's, there's a plane flying towards us. Um, must have been quite small, quite low down, because it was just above the trees and it was dark, but I could, I could tell the height of it. And uh, as I was driving along, the two points of light, Never really moved at the same pace I was driving. Oh, that's weird. And then as I got near it, I noticed a white van had pulled over at the side of the road. And it's a 60 mile an hour country road, but quite a busy one. It's the back road you take to avoid the motorway, but everybody takes it. Um, and I remember just seeing the boy leaning at the white van and looking up. And I'm, that's weird he's looking up at that. So as I got near it, I'm, about to, I'm meant to turn right to get up the road. I get underneath it and the two points of light are st- sitting stationary. And I get as you're driving and planes are moving, it can look like they're not moving, but you could just make out a black silhouette of a black triangle just sitting against the night sky. Um, I drive underneath it. I'm in a shitey wee Audi I bought for a grand off a gum tree, right? So I've no sunroof or anything like that. I'm literally leaning, looking out the window. Um, I done a wee, like, burly, well, you know, a, a U-turn at the end of the road in some guy's farmhouse just because it was the first place I could turn. Um, I remember the old couple came out because I just pulled up onto their drive. And the old boy was like, oh, you all right? And I was like, oh, sorry, I'm just turning around. Uh, I had to turn on the road. There's a, something sitting in the sky up there. And the old guy just looked along the road. And I remember him saying, oh, well, so there is. So it just shows you we're not alone out there, are we? And he laughed and walked back in his house with his missus. Um, <laughs> so it was seriously that weird. And the, all I could think of at the time when I saw it was I phoned my wife and basically commentated on what I was seeing. She's getting the interest in UFOs, by the way. Um, but I, that was my first thought, was phone her while I'm driving and go, oh, there's a black triangle, it's sitting in the sky, I can still see it. So by the time I turned round, it was now starting to move, but it was moving diagonally over the treetops. And when you move past this wee, wee group of trees, it's just a big expanse of fields that lead over to the airport. So I bombed back along the road, looked around the corner, and there was nothing there. If they two wee points of light hadn't been on, I would never have seen the, the black triangle shape against the sky. You wouldn't have noticed it. There was mm. no noise, no nothing. Um, and it was a dark night. But yeah, that, I remember going home, and this this just might sound a wee bit kind of cheesy, and but this is generally what happened. I was telling her all about it, and I got back in, and I was like, there was this thing, and I saw it, and I remember her saying to me, I wish you could talk and enjoy something as much as this for a job. Now, like, 
I wish you like I worked for Sky, like I've said before before, like it's no secret. Um and she was like, I wish you could do something like this that you enjoyed as much as that. And a few months later COVID came along and I kinda took that advice and started the podcast. So there's my two sightings and why I started that as well. Right, so your sightings are let's let's say like you were younger and you described that and then you're older and you described your triangle. Would that like again, skeptics might say like mm. that that's sort of what you've seen was in vogue in fashion at the time, you know. Um, so you get triangles, you get cigars, you get circles, but they seem to, it seems to be one, it seems to be like, oh, tons of people seen a cigar or tons of people seen a triangle. Is that, <clears throat> does that point towards, like, if it is terrestrial, is that to point towards the technology that we've got is just, you know, like fighter planes look like triangles or whatever? And back in the day, the, the the saucers, for example, they were very much what you would expect. They were on posters. They were in the news. You know what I'm trying to get at? I yeah, but about even like confirmation bias almost. Yes, that's, oh, that's I confirm. Can I see now? Uh-huh. Um, no, 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 for me because mm. I, I get I get what you're saying, and it's a fair point that people are just talking about what they're saying. Most folks see UFOs and don't report them. Ninety nine percent of folk. I'm I'm making up numbers here, but that's that's right. probably right. Um, the amount of folk that I talk to that go, oh, I saw this thing once. But bear in mind, my two sightings, I never reported them, mm-hmm. so they're not even official UFO reports. And who I mean? would who would who do you phone if you see a UFO? Like, where do you report that? You know so I mean? there's there's organisations like MUFON, for example, Mutual UFO Network, right? They they do take UFO sightings and they collect the data and they'll go worldwide and be like, here's where the number are, blah 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 blah. But I've never reported those, so those two aren't even official sightings. But here's me sitting my UFO podcast. So mm-hmm. most folk don't ever report anything they see. So you're kind of the, the shapes of UFOs go back right back to when folk first started reporting them. Even, yeah. like, when you go back hundreds of years or centuries, like, the Romans used to report flying shields. But there was no... The Romans didn't have saucers. So you hear about, like, burning wheels in the sky and stuff like that as well, right? And going back hundreds and thousands of years, it's because that's how they would describe those shapes. Because there was no discs and triangles and that's... So it's just what they knew at the time. You know, going back, there was no word for blue. Was it the Egyptians never had a word for blue? You know all this kind of I stuff. Think it was, I think it was the Romans, yeah. Romans. They would call the sky bronze. So I, it's just like, they're just yeah. however, whatever the language was at the time. And I think it's a wee bit of the, with the shapes that there was cigars and butane tanks and stuff like that reported in the 50s and 60s and 70s. Right. And just now, Tic Tac's the popular phrase, but Tic Tac's were reported a long time ago, just no talked about as Tic Tacs. You'll see the geeky t-shirts and I've got one of them that's got all the different UFO shapes on them. Those oh. have been about for decades. So nah the, the, the shapes of UFOs have, have been about time immemorial. It's just maybe now and again they pop up in the mainstream more than others. Maybe if if Hollywood brings out something, Independence Day for example, with saucers or um the the Eternals had triangles, the Marvel movie that was awful. Like that can have a bit of a an influence. Yeah, I would imagine so. Like it's just, aye, that's what I was trying to get. That sort of confirmation or, or what's what's in vogue at the time now. Like being a skeptic myself, the uh, I was taking a wee look online. So there's a couple of things I want to speak about. There was a a UFO in Arizona, and it was literally just a street light. Like okay, and then there was another one that seems to have been a Batman balloon. Now, should 
you actively engage with skeptics? Do you want to engage with skeptics? Because surely you don't want a closed book community where people can post stuff like that and everybody just sort of be, see what they want to see. So do you actively engage with skeptics? Do you, do you enjoy? A hundred percent. Yeah, I absolutely. And there's, there's both sides yet in the UFO community, right? Um, you get the folks who are so far gone that they will, everything's a UFO. Everything's an alien being. It can be dust in a lens, but it'll be some orb entity for a different dimension. And you're like, no, that's dust in a lens. That's a bug flying across the screen, right? And then you've got the other side of it where you've got the hardcore skeptics where everything can be explained because it looks like this or it's something else. Or you can create the same effect by hanging a bar of soap in a string and swinging it around with your blinds half shut and, you know, the lens at a funny angle. Um I like to sit in the middle because there's so, like I say, 99% of sightings and stuff are prosaic or easily explainable or just misidentifications. It's the stuff that isn't as explainable that's interesting. Um, that Some of the stuff that you, you, you popped in the, the thing for me to take a look at, mate, is, is spot on. Like the, the UFO above Las Vegas was the reflection of the streetlights uh, of the, from the strip. So it was an atmospheric condition. And that that was that was shown straight away on I'm on what you call it UFO Twitter, right? So if anyone's got an interest in it and hashtags UFO Twitter or just has a look even at my followers, you'll see loads of well known names that talk about this subject. And straight away there was folk going, Oh my god, look at this, this is incredible. Why is this known in the news? And a lot of folk, including heavy like UFO believers or whatever you want to call them, influencers were like, No, it's just the reflection of the strip and the foggy conditions of the night and it looks that it looks weird in the cloud. And they even pointed out, here's the points of light on the below hotel, here's the points of light on the sky. And you need that. You need folk who can look at it and go, Do you know what? Actually, because of this, and it lets you get rid of the crap data. It lets you get rid of the rubbish and go, let's look at the good stuff. And you understand things a bit more then why that doesn't work and what what we took the, the wheat for the chaff i think is the phrase right okay so what like like this is the the ufo in las vegas yeah i've seen that as well the the batman balloon the what differentiates a good picture or a good video from chuff is it studying it is it people looking at it and explaining it that it can be it, but, but it's like, again, I always use the thing, what is real? So say say I showed you a cracking 4K video the new I went, look, some secret government insider sent me this, right? I'm going to show you a proper UFO. And say it was some fighter pilot filming it with his brand new iPhone, right? Right out his window, on his wing. Something you'd never seen before. What does real look like? How would you even know that was real? Because we don't know what a real UFO looks like. And how many times do you see something online where you go, that looks fake because it looks too real. Do you know what I mean? There's, there's, where's, where's the medium of it looks shite enough to be real, but it's not good enough to be fake? It's a really hard line to kind of draw because 4K footage of a UFO, whatever that might look like, would just be shot doing a CGI. We had, I don't know why, we had this exact conversation last time you were on. Did we? I, um, I, I don't. To answer your question, though, then, what, what makes a good video, right? Aye. So if you look at a guy like Luis Elizondo, who ran the US government's UFO program for 2012 to 2017, right? It was called ATIP or OSAP, if people want to look into the detail. And we maybe talked about that last time as well. Um, he talks about like the five observables, that if you're looking at a truly anomalous piece of footage, 
it should it should demonstrate some of these things. Maybe not all of them, maybe only a couple of them, but it should demonstrate a few. And it's like transmedium travel. So is it going from like space to air to sea or, you know, two of the three at, with ease? Like your car can't go in the water, can it? Fucks it. You're knackered straight away, but it can't fly off into space either. But if you've got craft, it can then do that and still travel at the same kind of speeds. Um, if you've got, oh Christ, I'm, I'm kind of taking a blank on some of them. But for example, instantaneous acceleration, Mm-hmm. Going for hovering to a couple yeah. of hundred or a couple of thousand miles an hour in a blink of an eye. Right. The kind of physics we don't really have yet that we can't explain easily. That's the kind of stuff they would look at and go, this makes it a more credible UFO video. People send me all the time videos and I always appreciate them to get in touch with me and they'll email me, film this with my phone and it'll be them filming the sky and a wee light going across. No context, no nothing. I can't see the ground. I can't see what's there. I can't see anything, you know, a shop in the background or trees that's passing by to tell if it's in front or behind something. Could be a satellite, could be the space station, could be a star, could be a plane, could be a firefly. Do you know what I mean? You, you, it's really hard to tell. Um, but usually you're looking for, for some of those observables that makes it look a wee bit special. Right, so I've got... Uh, I'm going to post the links to all these videos and show notes so that people can go and take a look and make a judgment for themselves because I think I was just sitting talking about it um, might not persuade people one way or another but there's, there's two there, one is called Another Clear UAP Caught on Film by yep. in an Airplane and there's another one of a cylindrical UFO filmed uh, by a drone in Hungary, are those two more real in inverted commas then, or, or more um do they stand up to scrutiny more? Do you, have you seen them before? Yes, I the the first that another clear UAP one. So if anybody's looking at that, that's like a small kind of Cessna looking jet or something with propellers flying along. Um, and this came online. I first saw it a few weeks ago, um, and I think the Reddit post is for then as well. And that's basically, about a the month, pilots, I, the pilots filming the sky, and a lot of people at first were like, "Oh well, why is he just filming a random bit of the sky and a UFO flies past?" Well. You can see with your naked eye better than a camera can. You know what it's like when you see something, but then you take a picture of it and it looks miles away. So this guy can see the object coming well before the camera picks it up, right? And basically, like you say, the, the object comes past its left-hand side pretty quick. Looks pretty clear. Looks pretty genuine. There's no the obvious signs like CGI and all that kind of weird halo stuff that goes on round about when people have CGI stuff in. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say something definitely, and the general consensus was, Something definitely goes by this guy's camera. That's a real physical object in the shot. Um, whether it's something alien, which is what we're talking about, really, I don't know. Um, a couple of people have put up uh, like weather balloon prototypes um, that have a very similar shape. I think maybe like stingray kind of shaped almost. Like it's not a triangle, but it's kind of metallic looking. So maybe he's just flew by a weather balloon that's sitting up there. Um, maybe not. But it's something definitely goes by physical there. Is it a spaceship flying past them? Couldn't they say. Um, but there's definitely something in the video. And the other one, like, does this, 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 you see quite a lot of videos that seem to be captured by, is it military sort of cameras? You know, they've yeah. got all the markings and stuff F- like that Flare on them. cameras, forward looking infrared, yeah. Is that what they're called? Right. Aye. Okay. So there's quite a lot of footage out there on those cameras. Now, We've we've had again. We've probably had this this conversation, but the, these cameras that they must be like the military grade. They should be. 
I just can't get past it should be clearer. <laughs> no, so I just that, can never get past that. That's not what that camera's for. That right, what's that for? Look. So they've got those cameras. They've got the 4K, 8K cameras on board, right? But those cameras are for identifying like heat signatures and stuff like that, right? So they might not be able to see something with the naked eye or even a 4K or 8K camera could. Right. This is picking up a different type of signature. I'm not an expert on all this stuff, but I know enough to sound intelligent on it maybe, right? So um, hopefully your listeners appreciate this, the ones that maybe know more about it. But those cameras are there to identify certain signatures. You can imagine when you're sitting inside one of the F-17s or F-18s or whatever they are, right? They're hundreds and hundreds of million dollars of tech. Mm-hmm. They've got loads of sensors on them that are offered different things. They do have cameras that are built to film stuff in detail, but they've got cameras to film stuff in kind of low visibility. They've got stuff to film further away. They look for different heat signatures. They pick different things up. That's the stuff, though, that for people that use frustrating with, right. uh, and me because you want to see something clear and so they are. But if those videos aren't classified right, they're boring enough to release because folk like you who would maybe look and see, see if you did see something genuine for the military, Jack, I imagine you'd go, that's actually quite interesting, by the way. I'm going to speak to Andy about that. But this stuff's almost boring enough to release that normal members of the public go, that could be it, it's just a blob. But then folk like me, with an interest in the UFO topic, speak to pilots and military personnel and guys who know what they're talking about with this stuff and they tell you why it's interesting. The general public don't get to hear those conversations. So right, there's, these, there's these cameras and they've got these amazing 8K super cameras, right? Just yep. basically, let's just call it a fucking super iPhone camera, you know, right? Ah. Really, really good cameras. And then they've got these heat tracing ones or picking up different signals. Would that infer then that if the 8K super camera doesn't pick something up that there's some sort of, I'm just going to boil it down to the basics, some sort of invisibility technology that only gets picked up by certain... Maybe, maybe, right, but it could just be the distance as well. So, right. I, again, I'm looking at it, it could be a 4K camera, it could be a really good camera, right, that would be on mm. your phone, might not pick something up that's 200 mile away, but one of these FLIR cameras can pick up the, sig- the heat signature for something, or the lack of a heat signature for something. Right. So... They can't see it with their eyes, but they can see it with the sensors. So that that's just the thing that these... They're not looking at just one telly in the cockpit of a fighter jet, do you know what I mean? Mm. They're, they're looking at all these different sensors to tell them different things of what something is or isn't. Right. It just It's just frustrating. <laughs> just I, like just... But, so, for example, I spoke to... Some of your listeners will know Jeremy Corbell, right? He's been on Joe Rogan a few times. Um, filmmaker, he's got a few UFO documentaries on Netflix and stuff. I, I like him. He's a nice guy, right? Um, he, he's well-connected, and I spoke to him, and I basically said to him, we were talking about why certain things can't be released, right? Because a lot of folk are like, if the US are are filming stuff and it's all classified and some of it's no classified, why can't they release the really good stuff that isn't, cla- isn't classified, right? Some reasons can be also where it's filmed. So apparently there's a video of the US basically spying on a Russian fucking Navy ship, right? They're not meant to be filming that, but they are. The same way the Russians are filming the US and they're filming the Chinese and they're all filming each other, right? However, apparently in this very, very clear footage of filming this Russian Navy ship, a UFO starts buzzing about the Russian Navy ship. So the US now has a video of a UFO, but they've also got a video of something they're not meant to be filming. Mm-hmm. So they're not going to release that. One, they don't want to release it to the public anyway. Do you know what I mean? But there's there's reasons they don't release some of this stuff, and that's what they'll say to the public. They do have 
from what Senator Harry Reid uh, passed away the last year or two. Um, it was just of old age, but he was a proper champion of the UFO subject within the US government. He authorised spending on it, as a, and he was really passionate about it. And he sat on interviews, a very serious guy, decades of a really very well-respected political career in the United States, saying the videos are there, the photos are there, they just don't want the people to know. But now's the kind of time to push this, and we'll get to talking about some of the stuff that's happening in the US. But there's no doubt they've got the footage, and they just don't want to release it, and they're fighting back with it. Right again, again. Can you see how that that's frustrating? <laughs> like, Aye, no, but also... there, there is there is words like the, the words like apparently, like apparently they've got this, apparently they've got that. It just doesn't just give again skeptics any sort of means or confidence in what's there. But and again, the so what's been happening in, we'll get to the US right we'll just, we'll let, just let me say, can I say one more thing on that Cause, cause Aye, of course. Wait, just to bring it back a bit though is if I put my, my devil's advocate hat on right um, my dick advocate hat uh-huh. if if you're the US government why would you want to release any of this stuff they'll say you've got a group of people pursuing it at really high political levels right congressmen congresswomen senators um, you've got Lou Elizondo who left the programme and literally came out and confirmed in the New York Times the US government actually does study this stuff and we've got really good videos and here's some of them, right? If you've got people pushing it, why would you want it released? You, you wouldn't. You, the, the, there's nobody in the US government going, oh, well, the public are asking about it. Let's just send them the videos we've got. They, they don't want that to happen. Uh, right. Is it? Do they think that people will panic? People will shake themselves? People will get scared? No. Will... People are idiots. We've seen that with COVID, mate. But I think what uh, what the what the main thing, and this is less speculation because we don't know, right? We're talking about something that they've never come out and went. Yes, there's aliens, but we don't want you to know about it. So you need to speculate. But it seems for what all these folk are saying, if you are the US government, right, and something crashes in 1947 in Roswell, that's a silver disc, and there's a couple of bodies in it that don't look like humans. You don't know what it is. You've heard about aliens or maybe ufos in the past right but now you've finally got one right and you're like christ these things are real so you stick it away somewhere right and then over the course of decades after that you have pilots having sightings and other things maybe crash and you start to try and mess about with some of this technology you've found in wreckage but you still don't actually know where it's from what they are you've got a good idea looking at it it's no human but you don't know what what it is how do you turn around to the population? Know that you're going to scare them, right? But if you're the government that's meant to protect them and you're like a world superpower, how does it look if you come out and go on the White House lawn tonight, Biden goes, right, actually, do you know what? We've decided just in a meeting today, UFOs are real, right? We've got some crashed ones and we've got some alien bodies. The questions start getting fired. What are they? We don't know. They're no human. Where are they from? We don't know. What's this technology? We don't know. Can we can we replicate it? Not really, no. We can do bits of it, but no most of it. What if the attack is we're fucked you know what are they doing here now we don't know it just looks really really bad when the people who are there to protect you all of a sudden are totally useless so there's there's that aspect of it that isn't just they don't want us to know but maybe there's reasons they don't want folk to know there's just such a massive focus in the the u.s but it seems to in my eyes it's always the senate are doing this the, the house is speaking about it. it's always the usa yeah. what about other countries like in canada Brazil, Pakistan, Indonesia, Thailand, Australia, New Zealand, tiny countries that you've never heard of. Why do they not? <laughs> have they 
are they all holding it back for the same reasons? Uh, if there's anything that's happened in Sudan or, or Nigeria or something, and the, their government, or is it just the US government that's... That's a good question. I, I think, again, it goes back to that whole thing in the 40s, like Roswell, for example, that the, the US got there first and they had this stuff and basically took charge of it. You've got the, the Five Eyes Agreement, which is an agreement between the, the US, the UK, Australia, Canada, and is it Germany? I'm, I'm getting one of them wrong, right? But basically some of the kind of main, main countries, the mates, the allies, and they share information, they share secrets and all that kind of stuff, but it's largely led by the US. And the the idea is that the US, including from a UK point of view, goes, we'll deal with this stuff for you. Because other countries maybe don't necessarily want to deal with it, and the US are well in the lead with it. Russia have had their own crashes in the past, but Russia's just a much more secretive place. Same as China. They've all got varying degrees, apparently, of the, their own programs. They just don't talk about it or share it with each other because this is like, this is above the atom bomb, which we've always heard. This is above the nuclear bomb. This is the highest level of classified. This goes above all that. So it's the most secret of the secret. Um, and it just seems to be the US got there first. They take the lead on it. Loads of other countries are doing stuff, like you asked me. Um, Brazil uh, have had hearings, public hearings over the last couple of years. There's been some movement there. Um, they had a lot of political upheaval, though, that scuppered some of the progress with that. Um, they had a bit of a coup went on in Brazil, something uh, in the last kind of six months or so, which caused a lot of trouble. Um, the the US is where things are happening at a political level and a very public level as well. Um, if that's what you want to have a wee chat about the news, the news too. Um, right, okay. I tell you what, we will. I'm going to call part one. I'm going to call it a day, right? And if you're all right to join us on our next show, Andy, we will just continue this conversation. Basically, does that sound all right? Hundred percent. Yeah. Aye. Right. Okay. Cheers for tuning in, guys. Um, Colin won't be with us because we are. Um, well, we're just recording in five minutes, basically, and just release it a couple of days later. But uh, Colin won't be back. But um, send him, send him kisses and shit like that. I'm sure he'll appreciate that because um, it's it's usually me that cancels these things. Um, but Colin's that unwell. So Andy, cheers for joining us for part one of uh, UFO news. Colin, I personally don't think there's anybody still listening, and if they are, they're pretty hardcore long-term memory fans, and I would be expecting them to go and sign up to our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash long-term memory, or by clicking the link in the show notes. Absolutely, and if for whatever reason they can't do that, and paying for content isn't their bag, they can still offer us continual support by leaving a rating and a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Mm-hmm.